Hi everyone, I'm Anthony Greco, Director of Exhibits and Interpretive Planning at the Buffalo History Museum. Now, before we get to today's episode, I want to let you know about our newest exhibit, Creative Journeys, celebrating the art of refugee women in Western New York. This exhibit was created by Stitch Buffalo and will be on display at the History Museum through August 20th. Now, since 2014, Stitch Buffalo has provided a welcoming space for refugee and immigrant women to connect and share their love of the textile arts. Creative Journeys is a celebration of that work and the textile traditions that these women carried with them from Bhutan, Burma, Nepal, Thailand, Egypt, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Somalia, and beyond, including backstrap loom weaving, hand embroidery, beading, macrame, block printing, and more. Again, the exhibit will be on display at the Buffalo History Museum through August 20th, 2022. The work of this organization and these women is incredible, so please be sure to stop in and check it out. And remember, museum admission is pay what you wish. Today's story involves one of America's most popular presidents and how his image would forever be changed by an 11-year-old girl from the tiny western New York town of Westfield, New York. Now, if you're from the Buffalo area, chances are you've heard this tale already. After all, Westfield's barely more than an hour southwest of the city. But for those of you who are still unfamiliar, this is the story of Grace Bedell and President Abraham Lincoln. For those of us who work at the museum, we find ourselves telling this tale quite often. It's got that folksy, bucolic quality that makes the tale so repeatable. And each time we pass through our continuum exhibit and see the plaster life mask of Lincoln, we can't help but be reminded of our area's connections to Honest Abe. The mask, simple and unpainted, was made in 1860 by sculptor Leonard Volk in Chicago. After making a mold of the president-elect's face, Volk mass-produced the masks and sold them commercially, sometimes with a flesh-toned wash. It's accompanied by plaster casts of Lincoln's hands. One holds a wooden dowel. Volk gave him the dowel to prevent his hands from trembling after spending long days greeting supporters. Looking back at the mask for a moment, there's something off about Lincoln's face, the one we see each day on the penny. It seems thinner and less familiar. You see... Volk made the mask prior to Lincoln growing his beard. That wouldn't happen until late 1860, when a young girl wrote the incoming president a letter. By the late 1850s, Abraham Lincoln was a household name throughout the country. His time as a congressman from Illinois and his now famous debates with Stephen Douglas on the issue of slavery had helped make him one of the most famous and polarizing men in America. These debates further stoked the fires surrounding the peculiar institution of slavery. Across the country, people read their local newspapers just hoping to hear what Lincoln had to say. His popularity skyrocketed so much that even those with little interest in politics, including children, knew of the great rail splitter from Kentucky. One such child who became a fan was the aforementioned Grace Bedell, an 11-year-old girl from Westfield, New York. Miss Bedell's father, Norman, was a relatively successful stove maker, but above all else, 
He was a staunch Republican and naturally an enthusiastic supporter of Lincoln. Norman instilled in his daughter from a very young age the importance of politics and the vote. The very year, Grace's father brought home a campaign broadside for the upcoming election. It featured images of Lincoln along with running mate Hannibal Hamlin. And the thing that stuck out to Grace about the broadside was the peculiar physical appearance of the candidate. Standing six foot four and appearing to have rather gangly looking arms and legs, Lincoln was often labeled as odd-looking by many of his contemporaries. In fact, author Nathaniel Hawthorne weighed in on Lincoln's appearance, stating that he was, quote, about the homeliest man I ever saw, yet by no means repulsive or disagreeable. Even today, many historians and doctors debate whether Lincoln suffered from some sort of genetic disorder that affected his appearance. Nonetheless, When young Grace saw his picture, she too was taken aback. Lincoln simply didn't look like many of the other candidates. And in a moment of childhood innocence, the young girl penned a letter to Lincoln, describing how he might improve his look. Dear Sir, I am a little girl only 11 years old, but want you should be President of the United States very much, so I hope you won't think me very bold to write to such a great man as you are. Have you any little girls about as large as I am? If so, give them my love and tell her to write me if you cannot answer this letter. I have yet got four brothers and part of them will vote for you anyway. And if you let your whiskers grow, I will try and get the rest of them to vote for you. You would look a great deal better for your faces so thin. All the ladies like whiskers and they would tease their husbands to vote for you and then you would be president. My father is going to vote for you and if I was a man, I would vote for you too but I will try to get everyone to vote for you that I can. I think that rail fence around your picture makes it look very pretty. I have got a little baby sister. She is nine weeks old and is just as cunning as can be. Written and sent on October 15, 1860, the message soon found itself on the president's desk. And Lincoln, always a good sport when it came to children, decided to write back. Now, up until that point in American history, no sitting president had sported facial hair, and Lincoln himself was not entirely enthused about the whole idea. Not making any promises, Lincoln responded. My dear little miss, your very agreeable letter of the 15th is received. I regret the necessity of saying I have no daughters. I have three sons, one 17, one 9, and one 7 years of age. They, with their mother, constitute my whole family. As to the whiskers, having never worn any, do you not think people would call it a piece of silly affection if I were to begin it now? Your very sincere, well-wisher, Abraham Lincoln. While he never said that he would grow his whiskers on Bedell's behalf, Lincoln began doing just that. Historian William E. Barton, one of the late 19th century's most notable Lincoln biographers, commented on the exchange, quote, Almost from the very day of the letter, Lincoln decided he would wear a beard. Perhaps that is as strange a story as can be related of any president that he consented to so radical a change in his personal appearance at the suggestion of a little girl. Lincoln grew out his beard as the election of 1860 came to a conclusion. 
in a four-way contest that included Stephen A. Douglas, John Bell, and fellow Kentuckian John C. Breckinridge, Lincoln emerged the victor, despite his name not appearing on the ballots of 10 southern states. Regardless, the man, well, now the bearded man that grew up in a Kentucky log cabin was now the president-elect of the United States of America. That, however, is not where our story ends. To celebrate his inauguration, Lincoln embarked on a whistle-stop tour of the United States to meet and greet supporters. Starting in Springfield, Illinois on February 11, 1861, the tour's goal was to stop in as many towns and cities as possible en route to the White House. By the time the train was scheduled to stop in Buffalo on February 16, 1861, the president-elect's new beard had filled in quite nicely, and he had not forgotten whose advice had spurred him into making such a change in his appearance, one that most of his contemporaries agreed was quite the glow-up. En route to Buffalo, Lincoln's train stopped in Bedell's hometown. After addressing a large group of supporters, president-elect realized he would be remiss to not mention the young girl with whom he had corresponded only months earlier. Looking into the masses, the most popular man in America proclaimed, I'm glad to see you. I suppose you are to see me, but I certainly think I have the best of the bargain. Some three months ago, I received a letter from a young lady here. It's a very pretty letter, and she advised me to let my whiskers grow as it would improve my personal appearance. Acting partly upon her suggestion, I have done so. And now, if she is here, I would like to see her. The crowd, astonished that the president-elect wanted to speak with someone from their small town, fell silent until a young boy perched on a fence post exclaimed, There she is, Mr. Lincoln, and pointed in the direction of now 12-year-old Grace Bedell. Blushing and standing with her father, Grace was led through the mass of people to the very front of the crowd. Here, the two unlikeliest of pen pals met for the first time. And after a short thank you and some kisses to the forehead, Lincoln was again on his way. Lincoln then set off for Buffalo, and when he arrived on February 17th, more than 10,000 Western New Yorkers crowded around the Exchange Street Depot to welcome the recently elected, soon to be president. Upon arrival, Lincoln was met by Millard Fillmore, who ushered him to the American Hotel by carriage. Originally built by local businessman Benjamin Rathbun in 1836, the American Hotel had burnt down in 1850 before being rebuilt and was among the city's premier inns. During his stay, Lincoln stepped out onto the balcony where he delivered some brief remarks. A painting portraying the event can be found on the top floor of the Buffalo History Museum, forever immortalized by artists Charles Grail and Edward Regal. At the conclusion of his speech, he and his family decided to stay the night. The following morning, they attended a service at the First Unitarian Church located at the intersection of Eagle and Franklin Street. Years later, Grace relayed what had transpired between herself 
and the president-elect that fateful day in 1861. He climbed down and sat with me on the edge of the station platform. Gracie, he said, look at my whiskers. I've been growing them for you. Then he kissed me, and I never saw him again. Despite never meeting again, the story of Grace Bedell and Abraham Lincoln was not quite finished. Just a couple of years after the meeting, Miss Bedell once again wrote Lincoln, this time asking for a favor. You see, Grace's father Norman had fallen on some hard times and she was determined to help support her family financially, even at the young age of only 15. Hoping that she could find work in the United States Treasury, she wrote, President Lincoln, after a great deal of forethought on the subject, I have concluded to address you, asking your aid in obtaining a situation. Do you remember before your election receiving a letter from a little girl residing at Westfield in Chautauqua County advising the wearing of whiskers as an improvement to your face? I am that little girl, grown to the size of a woman. I believe in your answer to that letter you signed yourself, your true friend and well-wisher. Will you not show yourself as my friend now? My father, during the last few years, lost nearly all of his property. And although we have never known want, I feel that I ought and could do something for myself. If only I knew what that something was. I have heard that a large number of girls are employed constantly and with good wages at Washington, cutting treasury notes and other things pertaining to that department. Could I not obtain a situation there? No, I could, if you would exert your unbounded influences, a word from you would secure me a good-paying position, which would at least enable me to support myself, if not help my parents. This, at present, is my highest ambition. My parents are ignorant of this application to you for assistance. If you require proof of my family's respectability, I can name persons here whose names may not be unknown to you. We have always resided here, excepting the two years we were at Westfield. I have addressed one letter to you before, pertaining to this subject, but receiving no answer, I choose rather to think you had failed to receive it, not believing that your natural kindness of heart, of which I have heard so much, would prompt you to pass it by unanswered. Direct to this place, Grace G. Bedell. Though a response from the president would have been another welcome addition to the lore surrounding the Bedell-Lincoln story, the Civil War deemed such a thing nearly impossible, and Lincoln more than likely never got to see her follow-up letter. All was not lost for Grace, however. Although she never did hear back from her true friend and well-wisher, at 17 she married Civil War veteran George Billings, who settled in the city of Delphos, Kansas, and in 1872, they had a son, Harlow Drake Billings. It was there that Grace would live out the rest of her days. She passed away of natural causes in 1936 at the age of 87 and is buried in the Delphos Cemetery. And with that, the story of Grace Bedell comes to an end, though Western New York's connection to our 16th president would have one last chapter. You see, in total, 
Abraham Lincoln visited the Buffalo-Niagara region three times in life. Prior to the 1861 visit we had discussed, he had briefly visited in both 1848 and 1857. But in 1865, the people of Buffalo would see the great emancipator once more. Following his assassination at Ford's Theater at the hands of actor John Wilkes Booth, Lincoln's body traveled by rail back to his hometown of Springfield, Illinois, making stops in select cities along the way. After stops in Baltimore, Harrisburg, Philadelphia, New York, and Albany, the funeral train stopped in Buffalo on April 27th. At 7 a.m., the president's body arrived at Buffalo's Exchange Street Depot before being taken to St. James Hall at Washington and Eagle Streets. There, an estimated 100,000 mourners filed past Lincoln's coffin to say goodbye. Today, Westfield, New York continues to celebrate the story of young Grace Bedell and Abraham Lincoln. The town erected a statue of the pair in 1999 to commemorate this heartfelt tale of Western New York history. The Buffalo History Museum podcast is sponsored by the National Endowment for the Humanities. The museum receives operating support from Erie County, the City of Buffalo, the New York State Council on the Arts, with the support of Governor Kathy Hochul and the New York State Legislature. Additional support is provided by MNT Bank and from our donors, members, and friends. Today's episode was researched and written by Patrick Efrayan, edited by Brandon Kennedy, and produced by me, Anthony Greco. Patrick was also kind enough to lend his voice to the episode, reading the part of President Lincoln. The part of Grace Bedell was read by the museum's own Kristen Hatch, who informed us that she doesn't do voices, but did a great job anyway. As always, be sure to rate, review, and tell your friends about our show, and have a great week. We'll be back soon.